This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mukhtar. The 15th general election is done and dusted. However, another prominent election looms on the horizon, and that's the long-anticipated UMNO party elections that must be held within six months after GE15. The UMNO General Assembly will be held this week from the 11th to 14th of January. What kind of clues might we glean in terms of the party's direction, when the party elections will be held, and most crucially, who could take the helm of Malaysia's oldest political party. Joining me to discuss expectations for the UMNO GA, as well as observations on the new political landscape of the country, is columnist Mohsin Abdullah. Mohsin, good morning and a happy new year to you. Happy new year to you too. Now, the last time we spoke to you was at the very start of the GE15 election season in November. It's two months later now. The dust has somewhat settled on the unity government of Pakatan Harapan, Barisan National, GPS Rawa and GRS Sabah. As a veteran political observer, was this scenario, specifically of PH and BN being on the same side, an outcome you had considered or was it a surprise to you as well? We have always we have always known that no coalition would win G15 outright on its own. So it's not a surprise that um, that a coalition government has has been formed. Called unity government was formed, but then, but taking into account nothing is impossible in politics. Pakatan Harapan Barisan National combo is is not a surprise, but still a surprise nonetheless. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, considering considering the issues surrounding it, like I'm not going to work with the kleptocrats and no DAP, no ANUA, uh, all the things that have been said, and yet they managed to form a government. That is quite a. I mean, at the very least, it raised some eyebrows. So how stable do you think this unity government is based on the two months in power? Granted, that's not a very long time, but um, we have heard rumours of clandestine meetings in Jakarta and London. Um, Does that indicate that political machinations could be bubbling under the surface? Right from day one, it's it's, it's risky. I would say it's stable, but there's always this risk of things happening. And as for the so-called Jakarta move, London move and this thing, I don't know. In the first place, whether it did take place, whether there is such a conspiracy, we can't say it for sure. But then, what I say is when people who lost, who want to be back in power as soon as possible without waiting for the general election, as what happened in uh, during the Sheraton. So, Definitely, we can't help but to think that such a thing is happening or, you know, that kind of thing. Although people who have been implicated or names mentioned, they have denied it, that, that is expected. Zahid Hamidi, I'm no president, says he just dismisses it as rumours, but that is expected to say. But then I still can I can't. Say for sure, you know, and I'm nobody can say for sure that it, it happened. Hmm. That's just one of the legacies, the unfortunate legacies of Sheraton Move, I suppose. Yeah, that's the thing about us. I mean, about Malaysian politics, we we are really we really prove that this notion of everything is possible in politics. That one, we 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 are really living up to it. You know, 
Before we um, talk more about uh, what's happening with an UMNO, I would want I want to take a look at what's going on with the Perikata National side. In speaking of um, PN wanting to be a good opposition, this is something that uh, the current parliamentary opposition leader, Dr. Sri Hamza Zainuddin, has said in his role as uh, the leader in parliament. How significant is the choice of Hamza Zainuddin to take up this position compared to, say, um, Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin or to Dr. Sri uh, Abdul Hadi Awang. And um, given that he's not the leader of Bersatu in his own right, how much can we take his words as the direction of the coalition? Well, Hamza has always been, you know, he said to be a, a strategist, a, a guy who can plan a lot of things for, for, his, for his party. You talk to anybody in the, in the political scene, and they will say, oh, yeah, Hamza is that kind of guy when he was in Amno and now he's in Bissau. He has that, that thing in him. He's, a, he's known as a strategist. Um, as far as his word for it, you know, where, where you can take his words for the direction of the PN coalition, yes, but I would say Hadi is a man. Hadi is the so-called power behind the throne. Hadi, especially now that with the recent success of PAS, although they say it's by Perikatan National, but it's actually PAS, the green wave in, in Kedah and Kelantan, especially in Terengganu. And they're riding, they're really riding high on that. So Hadi will dictate terms behind the scene or whatever. Not even Muyudin at this point of time. Okay. And this was something that you wrote about in one of your recent columns. What... Um, what do you hear coming from Hadi at the moment that um, maybe could indicate how PAS is strategizing moving forward? Um, are there any, uh, I guess, signals that you can that you read from what he's saying? He's singing his same tune, but of late there was this article in Haraka which he wrote. He started by praising Amnu good and all that, and and saying. The Amno now is is drift, drifting away, so we need to come back. And there could people in in Amno who who don't like things that are happening now in in the party. I see that as um sort of uh he's, he's prompting or he's teasing Amno people to do something to, in short, to topple Zahid Hamidi. You topple Zahid Hamidi, then the unity government will collapse, and they take it from there. I I see it that way. Either he is he really instigating or he's just suggesting or just using. I mean, any of those things, but I see it that way. Mohsen, mm. what, what do you think happened between Zaid Hamidi and Hadi Awang that caused uh, the split between them? Because don't forget that the Muafakat National Arrangement was arranged by these very two leaders as well. What caused them to be on the outs? I don't know really, but right from the beginning when, when Muafakat was formed. I spoke to a few people who, who have been watching past very closely. They said this thing is this this doom right from the start. Take away the the Islam part, you know, because of the seats they are they're contesting, they are targeting the same people, the same voters. And that is just one of the examples that they, they, they told me. In short, what they're saying is there are so many differences which cannot be worked out. And both parties knew, but at that point of time it was they had to do it, and I think they, they, they wanted to prolong it, and it's like sort of, win the election, then we, we settle this among ourselves, or we fight it out. But it don't happen that way. Personally, I say this, this stood a good chance as a um, partnership, past no partnership. It appeals to Malays, 
especially you know they say they always love to say our people are united and that stuff things. But I, I suppose the differences were so great that they just can't wait right to the end to fight another day. They'll fight it right away. Of course, by by Basatu in the picture, it, it was it, it it simply wasn't the whole situation. And then Pass was trying to not trying. Pass really play both sides of the divide. Finally, Abnu said no. Especially Zahid said no. Uh, and then on top of that. You can say that he is the one responsible for pulling Amno into the government. That again angered Hadi especially, because Hadi wanted Amno to join them during the you know those the uncertain days of immediately after GE15, and then it's, it's again is ahead. It was the stumbling block. So, so that's why I go, going back to what as to the your earlier question about indication of Adi what he's trying to do, I would say that is one of the main reason, all the more reason for him wanting right to be out of the way. I'm speaking to political columnist Mohsin Abdullah. When we come back, what are his expectations for the UMNO General Assembly this week? We'll have more after the break. Stay tuned. BFM eighty nine point nine. You're listening to Pressing Matters on The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar, and on the show today is Mohsin Abdullah, longtime political observer and columnist. Okay, we know that the UMNO party elections need to be held by May of this year. Who do you think would contest for the top post? There are rumours about um, the post maybe going uncontested, um, but uh, is that a very likely scenario? I would say yes. Of course, names are being floated. Hishamuddin and Khairi Jamaluddin especially. Maybe they want to take a shot, but then they, they got to take a look at the whole picture, whether they stand any good chance of winning. Because at, at this point of time, it's hard to see anybody defeating Zahid. I, I would put the other one. It's hard to, to see anybody going against Zahid. What more beating him? And as you mentioned, um, figures like Hadi Awang may want to see Zahid defeated um, as UMNO president because that could indicate that UMNO will then withdraw from the unity government. But is that really a foregone conclusion? Will they withdraw from the unity government? It doesn't seem like that would be the best uh, option the, to the, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a it's a given if if anybody else, you know, rather than Zahid, other than Zahid, they will pull they, they pull the party out. I don't think so. It put Amno in a in a good position to be in the government still. Rather, it's more beneficial inside rather than outside government. So I think even without Zaid, the so-called new president would still stay the course. Although I suppose they could form a government with Perikatan National, um, but would that give them the same advantages as being in a government with Pakatan Harapan? That's that's another thing, yeah, because. Yeah, they can still have that. We are the kingmakers without us. You can't form anyone. But yeah, no, I'm no president would want to. That would cause a lot of political chaos all over again. So nobody wants to be blamed for that. People will say even at this point of time, the unity government is not perfect. Definitely, there are a lot of talk. We have not seen anything. Granted, it's only three months, but at least there's some sort of stability. Forget about the undercurrent. You know, on 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 the surface, there is stability. So nobody going to want to be responsible for disrupting this so-called peaceful situation. 
When do you think party elections will be called, Mohsin? Do you have any, um, I guess, guesses on, on when this date could be? Uh, depends on, on what happens in, in the UMNO Assembly. There are people who are saying this could be a hot situation when this issue of whether the top two posts will be contested or not. You know, there are some people who say it shouldn't be contested, which, which has always been the case in UMNO since 1987 when Tengku challenged Mahathir. After that, the president has always been uncontested. But now... Yeah, some people say, no, it must be contested and all that. So there's this um, rumbling going on there. But I don't think it's, it's out in the open it at the General Assembly, not, at least not during the debate on, on all that. There's, there's be only one debate on the president's speech. That would be a, a right venue to to talk about this uh, need for election or there's no need for election. There's no need for election. I think that those people who are for it will will use that platform. But as for those opposing it, you know, I don't think they will simply because maybe they won't get a chance to to even reach the rostrum because the list of people who are selected to talk, to get uh, involved in the debate uh, are all selected by party headquarters, you know. So most of the time, I wouldn't say all the time, but most of the time, these people selected will throw the party line, will just go According to the narrative of the leadership, based on that, there won't be any fiery fireworks and all that, based on that. But, of course, I, I think he will try to get the assembly to give the mandate to the Manjulis Tertinggi or the Supreme Council you know, to decide whether the top two posts should be contested or not. This has been done before in Amnu. You get the assembly to give you a mandate and it goes to the Supreme Council and then it's, then it's all done and that's that. Right. So the Supreme Council it's, can largely be said to comprise of um, the faction that is uh, supportive of Datuk Sri Ahmad Said Hamidi. Is that right? Yes, most of them. Um, or, or, I would say or, all or, or most of them or majority. Okay, that's interesting. And I think it never really occurred to me how engineered the UMNO General Assembly is in terms of who, what's spoken, who gets to take the stage. Um, but as you indicated, there is actually quite a lot of, um, I guess, planning uh, ahead of the GA to, to determine who actually gets to speak then. Who are you going to be watching for, Mohsin? Um, are there any up-and-coming leaders that uh, you think we should be keeping an eye on? Or or what names do you think um, bear bear? watching during uh, the meeting this week? I would say um, Johari, Johari Gani, Titi Wangsa, MP, former finance minister. He's still young at, at 50-something, I think, and then he's uh, really um, wrecked to riches story, you know. He's a, he's a, he's not, a, you know, he's known, uh, he's known more as a businessman rather than politician, but he is a good politician. He keeps his, his even when he lost Titi uh, Wangsa in 2018, he, he kept in touch with his people. He just, you know, he just kept going. So when he, he, he won the, the seat again, uh, this time, nobody was surprised. Everybody expected him to make a comeback. So I would say he he is the one to, we need to, to, to see closely because earlier on the, earlier, earlier on meaning before the general uh, sorry before the 
GE15. There are people who are saying, Amno need a fresh look. So they are looking at, they were looking at Mama uh, Hassan as the pres- president and Johari Ghani as the deputy, but that did not work out. I don't know how, how serious that was, but then it never happened that way. So now I would say he would, who try for a uh, 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 vice president's post? He actually he did he did he did contest uh, VP in back in 2018, but he did not make it. But but now it's it's different this time around. Okay, so that I, I think yeah, that's one name. Are there any other names? No, I don't think I don't see anybody else. This is that thing to okay. be. Yeah. Not even Kyrie or or Hishamuddin. Do you think they would aim to become a, one of the VPs? Yeah, maybe Kyrie. Yes, Hishamuddin is a bit hard for him. I would say first of his grassroots. The other one was yeah, this. Amnu has never sort of forgive him. You know, after the twenty eighteen election when they lost, he pulled out. He relinquished his post. He was then vice president. He said he don't want to defend it. And, and although he said he wants to rebuild Amnu starting from Johor and all that, but Amnu folks see that as he has given up. You know, when uh, things are... Because the, everybody said that that was the time when you need to, to work extra hard. You're already down. How do you come back? But he left. Or rather, he, he kept quiet. So they, they, I'm not seeing that as him ab- abandoning the party at when in the hour of need. And and this is one point for Zahid, which Zahid has always, or his people has always, kept reminding the Amno folks, you know, saying that during that time, it was Zahid who built up the party, like it or not, you know, I mean, how you build up, how you, you see it. But but in a way, he kept the party going. And I guess it also goes without saying that there are no younger candidates or any women candidates that um, at this point are in a prominent place enough to make their mark, that uh, Amno is just not going to be having those candidates anytime soon, are they? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sadly, yes, right. Oh. Um, can I just ask what you think, um, Mohsen, in terms of state elections, which we're also going to see uh, by the middle of this year, uh, six state elections are supposed to take place. How likely will the PHBN collaboration be replicated in the states? Is that the path that's, um, that it's heading towards? Yeah, logically, that should be the way. But then back to this thing about how strange our political scenario is state parties the same parties they can support you at national level but not at state level and then parties in the state have autonomy so I mean look at Sabah you know they, they can act on their own I would say you know, they just do what they want to do uh, like like the Barisan National Sabah is the I think what they, they are doing now has even caught the national leaders by surprise I think I'm, I'm not well-versed in Sabah politics. Anyway, it should be a PHBN partnership, but it can be different. Yeah, it can be different. As far as the Perikatan National, they are looking, they are really looking forward for this election, I would say, based on the green wave. They are really, they're really encouraged by that. You know, they, they say they can win. Not only the, the states ruled by past, they, they fancy their chances even in, in Selangor uh, and Negeri Sembilan. Uh, but they are brave enough to admit not in Penang. <laughs> Selangor and Negeri Sembilan, I mean, you, you can't say for sure that they can win or 
but still they they fancy the chances that because considering although negeri sembilan selangor the the you have a mixed population but still the the malays form the majority so they are targeting malays malaysia definitely and they will use what they have been using especially during ge for 15 religion and and race and all that which work in for in GE15 they're going to use the same formula right so those are trends that we should be keeping an eye out as the state elections um come closer mohsen thank you very much as always for sharing your insights with us today thank you very much for having me i've been speaking to mohsen abdullah political observer and columnist this has been pressing matters on the morning run Coming up next is the 10 a.m. news bulletin. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.